Hello and welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson and with me this week, as always, are my three best friends in the multiverse, Tej, Schnell, and Chris. How are you guys doing? Wait, 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 Multiverse, like, time out. You like that? That was good. That was good. Best friends? Were your best friends? Hell yeah, you're my best friends in the multiverse. I mean, by default. Have you made more friends since the last time we did this? No, not at all. You're my only friends in the multiverse. Okay, good. Oh, God, you scared me for a second. But you're still my best. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, you are you are my baseline <laughs> friendships that I that I think all friendships are probably like. <laughs> that if he was ever to make another friend again, yeah, <laughs> right. What it's you, a exactly. super small sample size, so we really don't know what the fuck. <laughs> and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> anyway, we are back, and uh, we've got we've got two weeks of the gauntlet to recap tonight. We're going to recap week three and week four, but before we do that, uh, let's figure out. And find out, I suppose, is more more like it. What what we've all been up to, kind of in the interim. Uh, Chris, let's start with you tonight. What have you been up to since the last time we recorded a podcast? Um, I finally got around to tweaking some of my decks with cards I picked up from Modern Horizons Two. Um, there's been, and uh, I have a few cards now that. Well, spoiler alert! I can finally tweak a Rami. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's five cards from MH2 that are going to be making that deck list. Um, so um, yeah, finally finally cataloged all of MH2, tweaked some decks. I started dipping my toes back into Arena a little bit this past week. Um, realized I have to massively upgrade my standard deck. It was good. It's poop now. Um, and I want to uh, I want to start looking for a new. Uh, Historic deck as well, but that's all. That's that's what I've done this past week: tweaking decks, playing arena. Nice, Teej. What about you? Oh, what up, hive mind? It's your boy Teej. Woo! I just flashed my uh, microphone for you. Did you? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I did. It's a good microphone. Yeah. The gain on that is. It's a good gain. It's you could just gain. feel the warmth from my bare skin as <laughs> through your headset. Um, the since the last time we recorded, um, I actually placed an order of Modern Horizons cards that I wanted but didn't open. So those should be coming any day now, and I'm excited to get them. Um, those are gonna get uh, those are gonna go in some decks. Um, we've had Forgotten Realms spoilers that are coming out. Those are exciting to see. There's a lot of cool stuff in that set. Um, really heavy on the D and D stuff that I don't understand all of it. <laughs> Uh, but I understand enough where it's entertaining for me. Really heavy um, on the D&D stuff in the D&D set. That's odd. I know. It's weird. <laughs> um, but it makes me excited. Uh, speaking of Forgotten Realms, I suppose, um, it makes me excited for the Lord of the Rings set. Because uh, they're, they're treating D&D real nice in this set. Um, nothing is, is like... It could all just be like magic if you had no idea what D&D was uh, and all you did was magic and you're looking at these cards they all completely pass for magic cards um you I, you did you did point out a huge exception though which I'm going to bring up the the modal the modal cards are written like a DM talking to the players yeah that would not pass the sniff test for just a regular magic set that is correct that that's true um but I I 
my own issues is, is, is uh, personal with those, just the titles. I don't like the titles, but that's just me. I can I can easily put the titles aside and still think those are super cool cards and super flavorful. Um, and if this is the kind of care that they're they're putting in for not only Lord of the Rings, but all these universe beyond things they're coming out with, which don't irritate me nearly as much as they irritate some other people, um, I think they're going in a good direction handling all these, these IP things. So I, I'm... Uh, I- it might be different with D and D being a wizard's IP, but hopefully, be. hopefully that's not the case. Um, but even Lord of the Rings, like you're gonna get some named characters. I my my first theory going into this was um, if they want to do the thing where um, you want to make a Gandalf card, but you also want a magic version of it, they'll give Gandalf the Godzilla treatment, or vice versa, so you can get a Magic the Gathering Gandalf that just has the little Gandalf name under it, and it's still the same card and everything. Um, I, I just pictured Godzilla with a gray hat and a staff now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not on that theory anymore. I don't think they're going that way with these anymore, because they said they weren't. Um, <laughs> but that's not why I abandoned the theory. I just remembered that just now, that they said they weren't doing that. Um, but some named characters, some named locations, uh, and and like Soldier of Helm's Deep or, or whatever the hell those 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 are going to be cool. Um, uh, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, that's what a year or two down the road. Um, yeah, it's not, and the not last till the, not till the third age, I believe. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> I understood that reference. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> And the most recent thing I'm doing is I'm in the process of building a brand new deck, which I'm excited about. Um, I have retired my previous Intet deck, and I am revamping it uh, into something completely different. Um, and the process for doing this and pulling cards and stuff have been very excited for me, so I'm finally at the point where I'm going to start putting this deck together. And it's going to be a deck that could be played on the webcam, because there's not a whole lot of stealing of other people's stuff. But there's an awful lot of copying other people's stuff. Um, so I could definitely see some webcam play, but it's going to be more exciting for in-person play. Um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Who's left? Nelson Schnell? Awesome. Schnell, what about Schnelson? you? Schnellson. Um, yes, Schnellson <laughs> is left. Uh, I've been playing more and more Arena. I've been trying to do... Basically, I'm treating it like uh, the extent of which I got into Pokemon Go, which is hit my dailies and then forget that it exists. Uh, So each morning I've been recording... Well, morning or late at night, I try to get uh, at least one every other day, a deck diary series that I've been putting on YouTube and my website. And I just uploaded episode 6 from this morning... Uh, today's objectives, or at least my, my objectives for the day, were green and black spells, black and white spells, and 25 lands. So with that, I ran a... Chris, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Why? What's up? Your microphone you just, is yeah, your game just hell out. Shot through. I was wondering whose that was. Um, I, Someone I didn't... vacuuming? Chris, are you vacuuming? No, I didn't touch <laughs> anything. Uh, oh. Okay, well it seems to have died down now. <laughs> Weird. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my dailies. Today's were based on uh, green and black, black and white, and twenty five lands. So I threw together a green and black deck and realized that all of my decks basically run green now at this point because my first one and I'm trying to build sort of 
new, not every day, but like every other day, just as objectives change. And as things cycle back around, I'll keep tweaking and updating like the three or four decks that I have. Because the goal is to not just, okay, find a good standard deck, but just play as much stuff as I can and like grind my way through, build up a collection, and learn standard as organically as possible. I don't want to do any research and I don't want to spend any money, so I'm doing a little bit of gaming, but uh, usually between a half hour and an hour, uh, like I said, once a day, once every other day, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, my deck building in the last week alone just throwing together standard stuff with what I have in my collection has gotten much better. I've had some really fun games. I've had some grindy games that I've I've felt relieved when they were over, and they were fun looking back on it, but holy shit, it was just like, uh, I, I had a, a mill game against a life game deck, and it came down to, I was at like one or two life, I think, and I had milled him out, and he quit before I could technically mill him, but that game was like 15, 20 minutes, and it felt like six weeks. But it was it was a blast to play. So, Nelson, what are you working on? What are you doing? Oh man, uh, farting around an arena here and there. I built a Finn the Fangbearer um, brawl deck, which I is lost, kind of fun to do. I lost that son of a bitch this morning. <laughs> Other than that, I've just been kind of uh, I decided that I, I think I'm going to. I'm trying to downsize. I've got way too many cards and different deck lists that I'm trying to keep track of right now. So I'm starting to pull apart some decks. Um, you know, I've got my I've got a Conrad really budget deck uh, that I'm really looking forward to testing. I've got a Lathiel deck that I just got the last piece I needed for uh, today. Got the Aura shards I needed today, so that's nice. I can test that out too. Thinking about pulling apart Marchesa after the gauntlet and flipping her into an Edgar Markov deck. I finally retooled the list for that, took it in a specific direction. The only thing is I need to find a cover of Darkness <laughs> um, because yeah. they're not out in the wild right now. So I'll have to go online and find one. But that's kind of, that's kind of been about it. Uh, just really thinking about, you know, kind of what direction I want to go in uh, from there, I think, I think I'm gonna pull apart Zaxara after the Gauntlet, and I, I might actually keep my green and blue stuff all in that Rolesque Proliferate deck that I built. Um, I think I've only played it two or three times uh, with our pod, and I think it won every time, which is cool. But um, I just I wanna I wanna bring that back. But you know, uh, like I said, wait until after we're done with the done with the Gauntlet for that, so that I can kind of figure out where all my cards are and just be more deliberate and to kind of challenge myself to not put the same shit in every deck that runs whatever that color is so play different colors well i mean i do play different colors but like my enlightened tutor floats between quende uh marchesa ag really anything with white in it it was actually in <laughs> verena i couldn't i couldn't find it i'm like where the fuck is this thing it was in the verena deck i built didn't even know i put it in there so you know it's just like little one-offs like that that i'm trying to get rid of but yeah so looking forward to kind of downsizing a bit playing some decks more consistently and then you know rebuilding and and going from there so that'll be fun but the main reason we're all here to talk tonight is to recap weeks three and four of the gauntlet so we're gonna go back to last week and talk about gauntlet week three before we get into tonight's game and week three saw the return of 
um, Arami. And against Arami, Chanel, you ran Alenda the Dusk Rose. Tiege, you brought up Shadrach Sil- Silverquill. And I played Kozlik the Great Distortion, my colorless counter spell deck. <laughs> and that was a that was a really fun game. Uh, I had a I had a blast playing it, even though I'm sure that my Void Winnower made it far less fun for everybody <laughs> else. You the fun fun void- was approximately halved at that yeah, point. You got Void Winnower out quick enough that it basically shut me out of the game at that point. So I object to your statement that we all had fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean. Fun. <laughs> the the funny the funny Thanks, thing for me was that entire that entire game every time I had well I think I only cast Cosmic twice but when I had him out you know everybody's kind of sweating like are my spells going to resolve but honestly I had four or five wastes in my hand like that entire time <laughs> so even if I wanted to I couldn't even counterspell anything which was annoying but it was fun to you know at least have that in people's heads like god is this even going to resolve um but and that's that's why I'm so upset because normally we get to live in your head, forcing you to second guess it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. You guys have. I mean, you don't even pay rent. Like it's just <laughs> you're just there. I mean, <laughs> that 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 plot of land's been bought and paid for for oh, a yeah. long time. Oh, yeah. uh, and you know, it was it was pretty close. I mean, we kept it pretty even. Um, I, I will I will admit I did not want to see Arami again. So my intention in that game was to just <laughs> tee off on Chris, and I did. <laughs> yeah, I was kept pretty, uh, pretty at bay for most of that game. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. my board was kept pretty clear, but uh, that that paid off eventually. Putting all that stuff in my <laughs> graveyard. Yeah, I I feel bad about how that game ended, but again, I'd much rather deal with a Rami than deal with uh, Kozlik and Void Winnower a second well, time. And I don't think I've ever played a game where I've had to sit down and actually get bored of the stack and just trust Tiege that whatever he was doing was <laughs> oh, legitimate. Yeah. I have no idea if anything he did in the last 18 minutes of his response <laughs> oh my God, was I almost forgot about was that. Was legal <laughs> at all. Or it's just like, no, no, I'm going to keep going until I'm convinced I'm... No, no, it was... this is how it works, guys. <laughs> yeah. It was all 100% legal. <laughs> um, so the way the game ended, um, Chris had a bunch of triggers. Uh, uh, he played a living death, I think. And I I played a living death. You played, yeah. Schnell played the living because death. it's it was the only odd mana value spell I had in hand. I had no into way my dealing. Sir Conrad. Yeah, so Sir Conrad. with Sir Conrad out, I knew I was going to be taking a lot of damage. I didn't want to go and say, okay, how many creatures does everyone have in their graveyard? Because I didn't want to just let it let let it be known what I was about to do, and I I at that point was besides Nelson one of the life leaders, so I assumed without checking too deep that I could absorb a pretty good hit and then maybe survive a crackback. But oh yeah. god, no, that was not the case. So I played Shadrach's Silver Quill, which is essentially white black tokens aristocrats. Um, and that living death uh, with Conrad was going to kill me because I had a bunch of creatures out that were all just going to die and I was going to take a bunch of damage from all these triggers. So my end game was um, I wanted to... uh, uh, I was sacrificing creatures and drawing cards uh, trying to find uh, one of two cards I have in my deck. I have a second sunrise, uh, 
um, and a Fate's Reward, which are both instants uh, that essentially return all permanents that were put into the graveyard from the plate from battlefield this turn to the battlefield. My goal is to find one of those um, and gain more life than I was going to lose and survive this living death, uh, putting me in a good position to close out the game. I think there's Chris is only going to be the last player there. Um, but I played one of the cards earlier in the game, and second I found, sunrise you dropped earlier in the game. Yeah. Yes. I found Faith's Reward and played it, but it didn't give me enough life where I was going to live, and I, for the life of me, couldn't remember if I had a third effect in the deck that was similar that would have gained me the life I needed. I didn't, uh, <laughs> but by God, I took 20 minutes trying to find it. Yeah. <laughs> let me just read all of my cards to you one at a time, and you let me know if I can get out of this. Oh. But I tried my damnedest. <laughs> well, and I, the funny thing is, you know, I had drawn one or two turns previous to that, or maybe it was the turn, maybe it was that turn before I passed it over um, to Schnell. I had drawn an Eldrazi conscription, and I had Kozilek the Great Distortion out, and I was like, oh, I'm going to drop this on Kozilek, and I'm going to kill Chris, and everybody, it'll be fun. I don't really care what happens after that, <laughs> but I'm going to kill Chris, and, and Arami's going to be gone. And then the living death happened. Yeah, uh, as and, I was and Schnell had been living death. Nelson basically texted me quietly, "Don't." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as he did it, I, I just texted him, and you know something about like, "Well, so much for the Eldrazi conscription that was going to kill Chris next turn." Um, but it was funny too, because I mean, Schnell, you were telegraphing that for a while. You know, you said like, "I've got one spell. I don't want to play it." Yet. Oh yeah, I, you know, I let I mean, everyone know that I was unhappy with how it was going to go, but I knew how it was going to go. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's very true. And I, I think that was one of the... It was really fun, too, to see how insane Sir Conrad is as a card. Yeah. Because of all the different, you know, pe uh, creatures going into the graveyard, all the creatures coming out of the graveyard, and then all of the... Um, while everything was still on the stack, all of the different things that Tiege was trying to do that just made it even more, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. It was really cool to see the power of, of Conrad, but I, I thought that was a really well-balanced game. Maybe I'm just saying that because I shut out everybody else for <laughs> I well, don't know, you, yeah, okay, two-thirds of the game. You couldn't do anything because you had a handful of wastes, you, and nobody you, else did anything because we were scared as hell to try to do anything. You other three had great board states and were doing stuff. Void Winnower and the threat of counter spells kept me pretty well in hand that game, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I still after the game was done, I did enjoy it. And I should go back and I have I don't I never watch or listen to any of the stuff we make because I don't like the sound of my voice. But uh, <laughs> eventually I should go back and I should check how many triggers and spells Tiege did in between uh, living Death resolving and Chris's triggers on the stack. I think I think uh, with everything I was doing, what everyone was about to lose twenty four. I think was the number something like that. It was twenty four. Yeah, somewhere around there. And I had enough creatures where I could just sacrifice them all, gain life, get them all in my graveyard, plop them back out on the battlefield if I found the third card, which I don't have. I don't even know if it exists, but uh, and then gain 
all that life back. Uh, I had a couple. I had like a soul worn out or something. Uh, the the oh, what is it? I have it right here. It's pulled up and everything. I'm prepared to. You're the the new Phyrexian one, I think. Yeah. Um. I thought it was you? the one from uh, Rise of the Eldrazi. No, I had a uh, Suture Priest. That's what it's called. Oh, Suture yeah. Out. Um, and Suture Priest causes people to lose life when creatures come to play too. So if I was uh, yeah. if I was able to put everyone's grave uh, creatures back on the battlefield, um, they were going to lose life too. So I was trying to come out on top from there. Yeah. Well, work. and I think the the thing that helped me too really early in that game was being able to. So I had a. Um, I know I got my soul ring early, and I had some other ramp very early, um, and a basalt monolith too. I forget what it was, but anyway, <laughs> my, obliv- my my Oblivion Sower came out really early, and I targeted Chris with it because I might have mentioned this, but I had a Chris in my crosshairs for the entire game, <laughs> and uh, uh, I hit three lands off of the four cards I exiled from his obli- uh, from my Oblivion Sower. So that just put me way far ahead with the rocks I had drawn early. And then getting three land for free from uh, Chris for the Oblivion Sower just really helped me kind of go nuts early, which was great uh, until that until that Living Death came out, and then um, it was a bummer. And at one point too, somebody somebody milled us. Oh, Chris was milling with Conrad because as if he doesn't do enough just with his passive ability, he can make you mill. And uh, you milled uh, my Ulamog off the top of my deck, and I was like, "Oh, great! This is neat." It was the, the <laughs> it was it was uh, ceaseless hunger because it was the one that doesn't shuffle back into the library. So I thought, well, at least I'll get a, a library shuffle off of this. And I was like, "Wait, nope, wrong Ulamog." Mm, yep. <laughs> I wasn't the infinite guyer, so that was a bummer. But yeah, it was it was a really really fun game. Um, yeah, I was I was uh, I was kind of bummed. This is gonna sound ridiculous, but I was kind of bummed that I wound up winning that game because I have so many good decks coming up in this gauntlet that like I did not want to play a Rami for a third week. Like there's <laughs> other stuff I wanted to do. That's why even this game, this uh, when we got started week four, I was like. I should generate enough hate this game that someone <laughs> someone will off me. They have to be as sick of this as uh, as I am at this point. Uh, to be <laughs> fair, the hate that you generated from me was very organic. It wasn't just like based on the previous games. It was no, no. You took my commander, so I mean, it was the best option on the table. I know, I know. So, is there we 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 got to get in? to that game obviously is there anything else anybody wants to point out about about week three anything that sticks out or is everybody just like let's just move on from the fucking eldrazi i mean it was uh, three pseudo three three aristocrat decks to a varying degree do yeah. not do not belong in the same pool that's yeah, that a, was, that's that a was good my point. big takeaway too yeah um, yeah. yeah between alenda arami uh and shadrax yeah I, uh, I shamed Nelson into actually running Kozilek. He was gonna change the gauntlet rules on us and, and switch his deck out because um, he didn't he didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> but I wanted him to be that guy. That's um, the point of the gauntlet is to be that yeah. guy. That's true. I'm a, That's true. I'm a guy. I'm a I'm a player. I like to see what everyone else has, and, and even if someone comes to the table and 
a deck they're running ends up being more powerful than anybody else, as long as they weren't, you know, lying about it, like the power level and stuff, and, and being misleading with anything, I like to see what they have. I, I like seeing uh, if my decks can stand up to decks that uh, end up being stronger than anticipated. Um, I'm always a big fan of playing that Kozlek deck. That's always a good time, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm glad, he, I'm glad he stuck it, it out. I'm glad he stuck it out and ran that deck. Yeah, me too. It was fun. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, I, I did get to resolve all his dust, which helped. Um, I wanted to hang on to it a little longer, but once Liliana, uh, Dreadhorde General, hit the board, it was like, okay, yeah, I got I gotta all his dust here. Yeah. Um, to help myself out a little bit but then and I, I think actually it was interesting because there's not a ton of board wipes in here um obviously all of all his dust impacts most things except mine but i did actually for the first time i think ever um activate the um oh my god what is the um perilous vault um yeah at 1.2 where i exiled everything and then kind of again having that very early oblivion sower hitting three lands helped me that kind of gave me the confidence like okay well i gotta i gotta shut this down because it got rid of my soul ring um and all my and my basalt monolith and my other you know big mana rocks um when i activated it but i had a few extra lands and like i said all i was drawing was land so <laughs> i knew i had some in my hand too but uh, i think that was the first time i've ever actually activated it normally it's just a threat out there um but i actually activated it and that was interesting to me too probably not to anybody else but i thought it was interesting <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i mean week week three was fun um i definitely got what i deserved and it was a really it was the, the, the game was fun but i thought the ending was even cooler just to see it like that's that to me like showed the not just the beauty but like the intricacy and i guess kind of the frustrations to a point of of magic because of how complex the rules of the stack are <laughs> because we're all trying to keep track of this complete you know i don't know watch the video you'll see it yeah. <laughs> it's like the last 20 minutes it, it gets uh, intense there it is an intense stack um you know yeah. resolution and it never you know adding things before it fully resolves and doing this and doing that and priority and all this good stuff and it was it was really fun to kind of see like just how complex a game of magic can get so that was that was cool too because that's kind of uh you know different than how our games normally go you know what i mean and what we um, could do is go back through some of our other games and those more complex interactions we could have like you and Tej or whatever do a john madden style we're going to draw on the screen and break it down, you know, play by play. Because <laughs> I think that would be kind of interesting to, like, show a visual of the stack and then each trigger individually. Oh, my God, PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get our that graphics would be, department on That would be fun, yeah. <laughs> that would be I, I, I would love to see a visual representation of, like, the craziest part of, like, that stack. Yeah. Oh, like... Yeah. So was, look ugh. look for it look for a new web series that we're gonna be doing called Play of the Game where <laughs> we'll we'll break down the most complicated interactions and do it, you know, John Madden marker on a whiteboard if nothing else. <laughs> that's, that's that's a really good idea. I like I like that. That that is a good idea. That'd be a blast. So 
after after week three, after the after the st- after the dust settled on the stack <laughs> that was week three, uh, Arami was victorious once again, and we moved into tonight, which was week four, and obviously Arami returned. Tej, you ran your Rith the Awakener deck. Um, Schnell, you ran your your King Ghidorah yeah. Utate deck. Yes. And uh, I played Queen Marchesa, and it was another really fun, really interesting week. Um, honestly, I thought that I was I wasn't drawing anything that was really going to help me, and only having the Court of Ambition and the Mogus on the board, I was like, well, this will this will be a quick out because I have no blockers. Um, <laughs> but the the Mogus did help because it helped me kind of beat everybody up. Um, from the sidelines, I guess. <laughs> because nobody wanted to sacrifice creatures, so that was nice. But Yes, and then dealing with two Moguses. Moguses. Yeah, Mogus so I. you... I think I think it was the turn after I cast mine, you cloned it. So then yep. there were two two Mogai on the board, which, yep. which got really interesting. Um, thankfully, I was able to remove yours. <laughs> At, uh, at one point, because I didn't have creatures, so I was just going to have to keep taking damage from it. Um, but honestly, I, I was a little surprised, and, you know, maybe, Chris, you can speak to it a little bit if you just weren't able to find pieces you needed or what, but you couldn't get anything in your graveyard. No, nobody could. <laughs> um, I had a Drown in the Lock in my opening hand that game, and literally did, did nothing that game, because I think at any given point, the most cards any of you had in your graveyard was... Four, five, like yeah, so. I yeah, couldn't really I counter two. <laughs> I couldn't counter much. I couldn't, you know, yeah. But uh, yeah, my takeaway from that from week four was that normally for my Arami deck to function, she needs to be out. She needs to be making copies of like really strong ETBs or death triggers. Um, I got to be swinging and there. There was a period in this game where I felt I was in a really good place. I hadn't activated, excuse me, I hadn't activated Arami at any point in that game. No, you did not. And uh, I felt like I was sitting pretty. It was it was kind of odd how my deck was running, but I liked it. I did I did feel it was the best strategic move when I when I drew Magma Spray and I saw your three one that when it hits somebody you can sack it and draw like two or three. Uh, yes, you can sacrifice it to draw three cards. Is yeah. it Tiner Tining Shrike? Tiner yeah. Shrike. The, the new Phyrexian Shrike thing that you had. As soon as I saw that and I saw that I could exile it, I knew that was going to hurt you. Yep, that, that it really did. It was going to sack it after that attack. Yep. Yeah, getting that exiled was, was great, although I do have to say I got a little anxious when uh, Kaiga the Tidestar hit the board because I knew, obviously, Schnell, you your deck is heavy <laughs> with crazy creatures. Oh yeah, and then, I, knew, and then I knew he was going to take... With Rift, too, I was, I was anxious... I knew as soon as Kaiga resolved that I was going to lose my commander, and I was immediately upset by that, regardless of how much of a correct move it was. Impaler Shrike was Impaler the Impaler Shrike, Impaler okay. <clears throat> and yes, yes, Kaiga loves the mutate stacks. So, Tej, you were able to generate, I mean, at one point I think you had 75 insects out there. Um, <laughs> I you know, ended the game with 74 insects on board. And you, uh, so obviously, you know, Rith wants tokens. Um, I do have a question, though. Yeah. Um, Rith did not get cast. Why? Not once. 
Um, you want to? Why? Why did that happen? I so I kept an opening hand uh, with a Sylvan library, and um, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I started experimenting uh, with aggressively Sylvan librarying, um, losing a bunch of life to get all those cards in my hand, um, and I. Uh, started dropping elves. I had Llanowar elves, Elvish Mystic, Findhorn elves, and then I played a Priest of Titania. Um, and then the two Moguses came out. Uh, and I was going to lose my mana production. So what I ended up doing was, during an upkeep, when I had to sacrifice two creatures or lose four life, I was already, what, I was under 20 by that point because of Sylvan Library. <laughs> I turned um, around and you were at 16 in, like, no time. <laughs> <laughs> So holy crap, Ruth is worth $150. Um, my my sorry, I got distracted. My fancy <laughs> foil old school riff. Ah, okay. From Invasion? Not, I think I bought it, yeah, I think I bought it for like 30, and that was just a couple of years ago. Um, nice. Anyway. Um, so during an upkeep I played uh, God, I'm really bad with card names. Why do we even play this game? Secure <laughs> Secure the Wastes. During oh, an yes. upkeep. Got a bunch of, uh, got nine warrior tokens, which I started sacrificing to the Mogusai. Um, <laughs> and then I drew a Crater Hoof Behemoth. And if that resolved, I was <laughs> yeah. gonna, I was gonna end the game right then and there. Yes, um, you were. Uh, my goal was to end that game quickly. Um, and I tried to, I tried to draw out the counter spell I knew Chris had by playing Enlightened Tutor. Uh, and then playing uh, Skull Clamp, um, but he didn't fall for my tricks, so I ended up just <laughs> just going for it because either he had it or he didn't. And he countered he countered the Crater Hoof. Um, then I dropped. Uh, uh, at some point, I drew, and you guys didn't see these cards. Um, I drew Earth. I drew Earthcraft, and I drew Ant Queen. I played the Ant Queen, but I couldn't play the Earthcraft when I wanted to because. Oh boy. Uh, it was going to cost two more because of God ah, the God statue. statue. Yep. Um, and then Kemble was out, uh, and I was going to start losing life for playing non-creature spells. And I just wanted to um, get in a position where I could uh, combo out for the win. Um, but then my life got down to, like, three, and then two, and then one. Um, and by that point... You went from by six to one. By well, I had to get to three and then two before I got to one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so at that point, I had played a Dragon Lair Spider, and I was getting a bunch of insects. I had played Reese the Redeemed. Um, I had a Parallel Lives Out, which is where all those insect tokens were coming from. I was getting two every time someone played something, and then Reese doubled my uh, Reese took my twenty-five and added fifty to it, which got me to the seventy-five tokens. Um, and I was in a, I felt like I was in a good position, uh, despite my life total. Um, and I just didn't need Rith that game. I was getting tokens from the Dragon Lair Spider, um, and I had the couple pieces in my hand. Uh, I used, um, what is it? Uh, Axgard Armory? Is that what it's called? I believe so. I believe so. The yeah. land from Kaldheim? Yeah. Yes, Axgard Armory. I didn't like those lands when I very first saw them and then realized Axgard Armory fits right into Rith because it can find me my Skull Clamp um, 
or it can find me uh, one of my two auras that I can use to combo out the game. And that's not how I always play the game, but it's Gauntlet, so that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I can use Earthcraft uh, with Utopia Sprawl or Wild Growth on a basic land, and then one of, I think I'm down to two, I took um, Luminarch Ascension out of the deck a while ago. Uh, just because it was unreliable, but I still have Ant Queen, which will make one token for two mana, um, and uh, uh, I have Sacred Mesa, which will make Pegasus for two mana. Um, and with those, plus Earthcraft, plus uh, Wild Growth, or Utopia Sprawl, and a basic land, will give me infinite tokens. Um, and there's a bunch of different ways in the deck that I can use those tokens to end the game, but at that point, I can just make an infinite tokens uh, during the end of someone's turn, and then swing out with them on my turn. And that was the goal. Um, but again, life total was down. I couldn't play Earthcraft. Um, Nelson had Sphere of Safety out, uh, so I, I would have had to pay three mana a creature to attack him. So that would have slowed me down a bunch. Um, but I did manage to take out Chris and Schnell in one swoop. Um, we deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was in a pretty good position that game as well up until you you, you went from like oh, I've got like twelve little ants here don't don't hurt me seventy four <laughs> fucking bees <laughs> seventy four fucking bees there was spider that's that's interesting I mean having that insight because obviously you know we don't know what you're holding um, or right what you're trying to what you're trying to do and uh, yeah I mean the sphere of safety was big and I needed it because. Um, I, I wasn't drawing any of my token generators, and so I, I had no creatures other than Kambal at that point. So the Sphere of Safety is essentially what won me the game, and the fact that I held a Crackling Doom in my hand from turn from from my what opening hand until <laughs> until the end. What a uh, card you don't expect to see in EDH, and there it is. Right, exactly. <laughs> when you're I at don't one. Know, I don't that know why ridiculous. it's I don't know why it's in this deck, but now I don't think it can ever be cut <laughs> because it did win one game for me. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Crackling Doom is for Mardu, so red, white, black. It deals two damage to each opponent, forces them to sack a creature with the greatest power um, they control. So it's kind of in there to help get rid of scary creatures more than it is for direct damage, but it, it kind of just happened to play out <laughs> the way I needed it to. Um, once Tej started generating, I think when he by the time he had like seventeen insects or whatever it was, <laughs> I was like, boy, I really hope I find my crawl space because I'm going to be in trouble. Uh, but I had the I had the sphere of safety, so I got that out, which was which I, again, I mean that 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 won me the game essentially because he couldn't spread out um, all of his insects to kill all of us at one time. <laughs> so that was that was good. Um, Schnell, yes, your. Ghidorah deck is very interesting and I mean honestly like so you and Teach both have mutate decks and they're both very scary because of what you can do from a creature standpoint but I think the most interesting thing to me that your deck did this time was that Kefnet's monument because you were able to effectively lock Chris out of doing anything yes. and then and then you were able to lock Teach out of using his Priest of Titania for mana yeah I like it for one uh, turn like I said right. at the end of our game. Uh, well, uh, but again, it was it, it was worked, important though. and it was helpful, regardless of how hurtful it was to you, giving you less access to mana when you're just dumping your bugs all over the battlefield. 
It definitely um, helped, too, by the way, because there was, uh, uh, I ended up passing the turn, uh, not playing anything, which made Chris nervous. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't play anything because of Kemble, um, and I didn't have the mana to, uh, pay two extra for the things I wanted to cast, um, but I had enough mana out to tutor up an aura that I wasn't able to use, but I just wanted it in hand. Uh, and then activate Reese to double-double uh, uh, my tokens. Yeah, thanks to activated abilities, you got around the... Uh, well, first off, the fact that you would have died because of Kemble yep. from doing anything. <laughs> so that was big. But yeah, just being able to cheat stuff out at the end of our turn and get around all of the absurd restrictions that were going on in that battlefield because of Nelson. Yeah. Well, and I mean... that. that the, that's a good point too. You hitting you hitting my God Pharaoh statue with an Atali trigger um, was big because suddenly Chris Teej and I had to you know pay plus two for all our shit as yep. your as your and token. Yeah, it definitely updated. changed my lines of play at those a, last Atali, couple turns. Yeah, and Atali was a uh, recent addition to the deck. That was my most re- my most recent uh, round of updates. Added Atali, swapped out a few odds and ends creature, other odds and ends creatures that really didn't do as much. Because the original build was everything in my in my colors would mutate, and then um, anything small that would help me like stack my deck to try and maximize my uh, mutate triggers with Gishath, because it's Aluna uh, Apex wishing. of Wishes. A- yeah, Apex of Wishes. So when it mutates, you exile cards until you hit a non-land, and then you can put that card either into the battlefield or into your hand. So the idea was stack the deck and maximize the free shit that I get off of mutating. It has slowly evolved since then because I don't mutate my commander as much. More or less, I get out some sweet creatures, some stuff with evasion, and then I just throw my commander onto the best one. Like I have a uh, two one or a one two uh, shadow creature for two mana. That if I get that out and nobody deals with it then I just turn that into a shadowy commander that's hitting you completely unblocked and the deck wins by commander damage more often than not. So, I also have yeah. a boatload of clone effects because depending on what I'm mutating or how I'm mutating, sometimes taking my opponent's biggest creature and then turning it into my commander pile is also a fun way of uh, getting there. Well, I thought using it on the Mogus was a smart choice too. I, I figured I had enough red permanence in the deck that I could probably get Mogus active, and then you got rid of it long before that could happen. Uh, but yeah, Atali showing up definitely swung things in my favor for a while, until it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, I mean, like, just God Pharaoh's statue in general, it, it's expensive at six mana, but, you know, and I mean, it's an artifact, and there's a lot of ways to get rid of artifacts in EDH, but when it works... It oh works. yeah, and like, it's somebody, a it's a fun card. <laughs> even if somebody has an answer for it, that answer now costs two more mana. So, well, right, yeah, that's it, a that's a great it, point. It eats resources and it does its job, even if it's only out there for a single activation. Or well, in this deck, consider. this deck too, in particular, like if if somebody wants to target my God Pharaoh statue, I'm happy with that because I'm trying to do other things with like Anointed Procession, Authority of the Consuls, the, yep, the three courts rod. that I've got. Yeah, exactly. It's a lightning uh, rod I, in your deck to keep your other shit safe. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't want to lose Luminarch Ascension, uh, Necropotence, No Mercy, Painful Quandary, all that stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's a lightning rod. Um, because nobody wants to pay two extra mana for all their shit. Um, 
all the time. So yeah, it's it's I, I like that the way you put it. it. It is a lightning rod. That was a that was definitely that was a fun game too. Um, anything else anybody wants to say about tonight's game, week four of the Gauntlet? Um, maybe not week four in particular, but uh, I would say through all four weeks so far, all the games have, with with some ex- uh, some mi- minor exceptions here and there, they've all been fairly competitive. They've all been pretty fun games. Um, I really like I like this spectrum of our of our deck building. Yeah, me too. You know, this is. This is kind of feels as like a sweet on spot. The spectrum, I appreciate your comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. It's been I, the the idea was really cool um, to begin with, but I wasn't sure how balanced it would be. I guess like we've all got kind of you know there's varying styles of deck building, and obviously everybody's got you know a different pool of cards to pull from and and whatever, but the the way uh, and part of it is the way we play together i mean you know we try to keep things we kind of self-police and keep things equal right till till the end um but it's been really fun and interesting to see the different interactions i mean even last week like you know we made the point like okay maybe in a four-person pod maybe three aristocrat decks aren't that fun at one time but i mean from from week one through week four, you know, I, I think it's been a lot of fun seeing the, the the different decks, but also just playing the games. Like they've been really legitimately fun games of Magic. I mean, well, uh, when we in our typical uh, spell table games, we we don't always like to build for power. Um, how I mean, all of us play goofy stuff here and there, and I think all of us have had decks that just like shit the bed just did nothing for like a game and we just got steamrolled at some point and i think this gauntlet has kind of eliminated that like everybody kind of feels like they're in it for the most part like i said justin had uh was it a alenda game where you didn't feel like you did much till the end uh or was yeah. it the week be- the no, week before was, that <laughs> no so uh my gauntlet experience so far has been winning with mazes and with golos and then golos <laughs> Golos round two getting hated out of the table or off the table just because I won with Maze's End and should never be allowed to play Magic again. So I was okay with that. Uh, but no, my my Alenda deck, uh, I that game I built Alenda up. I think she had four or five plus one plus one counters on her, so that when she died next, I was going to get a bunch more bodies to start like utilizing. Yeah. And then I think Nelson exiled her, and then the following turn when I could when I could have recasted. That's when Void Winner showed up, so I could no longer cast Alenda, I could no longer cast anything else in my hand, and then I just sat there deciding when I wanted to drop a Living Death. So that was my worst experience, and even then, I swung the game to its end point, regardless yeah, really of uh, which side yep. I was on. Yeah, I, that was the Alenda was one of the reasons, like I said before, that I actually activated the Perilous Vault, because I didn't want you to get a bunch of stuff off of her. See, um, and I wanted to get get a bunch of stuff off of her. So we, I should have I we should have talked to you impasse. before I did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, don't. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is it is fun um, to see all the ways this has come together, and I also like to like obviously you know the idea was okay, grab five decks that are you know relatively powerful, 
and we'll rank them from you know least to most as we go through hoping that as you know if if you lose and you're going through your list of decks you you can you can steal one or two you know because maybe what you've got is a higher power level than what other people have um but it's been fun that there's been no infinite combos resolved yet right like everything's been not for lack of trying yeah i was gonna say t just come come closest well and i mean i've got zaxara you know up after Marchesa, so yeah. I've got I've got a couple combos in there too, so I, get I will it. always skew on the side of synergy over combo. There are some exceptions. Uh, my my squirrels deck can technically go infinite and just win that way. Uh, my mill deck only wins by uh, infinite combo because I've decided that is the <laughs> only way that you can win with mill in EDH against you know <laughs> three opponents. Yeah. If, if the card doesn't have the potential of just infinite mill, it's not going to get it done. You can add two and three and five and eight as many times as you want, but against three opponents, you're not getting the job done in EDH. I don't give a... Don't and give graveyard a synergies are too prevalent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But There's being able to just go, yep, I mill you out, you out, and you out, past turn, and I still have infinite mana floating. Yeah. As yep. the player, as the player who hasn't won yet in the gauntlet, um, I'm still enjoying it. I don't care that I haven't won yet. I just like seeing all these decks and how they stack up against each other. Um, and this, and and I still think that uh, uh, I've been using uh, my gauntlet app. By the way, iOS users get gauntlet. It's a fantastic app. Um, <clears throat> but I use that to rank the decks uh, based on win percentage. Um, and it really shows, you know. You guys get, you guys got scared of Rith. You knew if I dropped Rith and then swung with her and was able to activate her, I would get a shit ton of. Oh tokens. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And you've lost to that before, so you are right to be wary of that. Um, but this being my my fourth, uh, 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 my second most winningest deck of the five that I picked, um, I've designed Rith to have that infinite combo in it if I need it. But it's really easy to police myself because if I put Utopia Sprawl or Wild Growth on non-basic lands, then I can't combo out. Um, and if I'm playing with people that uh, I don't want to win that way, I will make an effort to put those on lands that I can't use to combo out with, and then I'm just generating tokens like a normal person. Um, but if I'm <laughs> if I'm playing against if I'm playing against other people, like in the Gauntlet, that's my goal. Or if we're getting to a point where a game has to end, I don't feel bad about dropping that uh, and just yeah. ending the game there because games have to end at some point. That's true. My um, my plan was to clone your Rith if if it hit the battlefield quick enough so that I would have a Rith to block your Rith. That was my goal. <laughs> and then or Rith- just have your own token generator. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Gishath could, could, could block and take Rith, but then you're still hitting any other asshole on the table and benefiting off of their lack of flight defense. Cough, cough, right. Nelson. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get... I mean, uh, yeah, Court of Grace and Luminarch Ascension are really where I get my my flyers, and I didn't get any of my other you know, like, slow the game down, like Aethersworn Canonist or Rule of Law, or even an Elish Norn. Um, what you do know, you mean? I saw so. one on your screen the whole game. <laughs> Yeah, I brought the playmat out for intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's been it's so yeah, it's been a, a, a very fun four weeks. I'm I'm excited for for week five and then you know onward from that. I think this is a great idea. I think it's a really fun way to trot out different decks and you know maybe 
play some stuff that we wouldn't have played otherwise, and it's it's been a really fun experiment, and I hope that the people, you know, kind of tuning in and following along are, are finding it as enjoyable as, as we have, too. I'm going to suggest right now that if we want to extend it beyond five weeks, once you are at the end of your gauntlet and your commander loses, you can then jump back in with any of the five commander decks, whether you tweak them or not since. I like that. Yeah, that's a that good sounds idea. sounds good. Because if, if we keep going and then I get Nekasar and Nekasar gets bumped out, I want to bring Golos back with uh, two or three swaps. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I like that. Cool. Well, next week, uh, we've got, obviously, Queen Marchesa's coming back. Tej, you said you're playing Oros the Avenger. Oros and the Avenger. The, the Avengers. Uh, Chris, you are going to play Dina, you said, right? Yeah, Dina Stina Stolsteeper. And Schnell, you're coming back with Gishath. Gishath is showing up. And my Some, goal uh, is to cast Gishath as quickly as Chris can get out Dina. My goal is to not have the Jurassic Park theme song stuck in my head for the week following that game. Yeah, too <laughs> or late. even the oh, week leading up to happen. it. <laughs> yeah. If I all I can think of is even, our even the scent of a beer in my presence, I will I will have the Jurassic Park. <laughs> I was gonna say all I all I can think of is our Explorers of Ixalan playthrough for our oh other podcast. God. I need to listen and, to that again. <laughs> and that was absolutely hysterical. The singing that commenced that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, drunk, th- drunk Schnell has the voice of an angel. Everyone <laughs> he does. It. He does. It's true. <laughs> Thank you guys for jumping in for week four gameplay and recap, and also recapping week three. Thank you to our audience for tuning in and listening. Make sure that you tell a friend, Especially rate, review, you. and subscribe. You know, hell who yeah. You are. Especially you, that guy or girl. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, anywhere you consume your podcast. Check us out on our social channels. Just look up uh, Homebrew Magic on Facebook. You can find us there. There is a very, very, very spotty, spottily updated Instagram account that's floating out there somewhere. Um, if you want to not keep up with it. Uh, um, or if you want to follow something that's not kept up with. But yeah, no, find us on Facebook. Join the group. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think about the gauntlet. And uh, until next week, don't drink and scry. Do I need a second squirrel deck?